Chapter Twenty of Ned Franks, or the Christian's Panoply. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Pet Squirrel. Bessie, my loft is not seaworthy. I mean, tis as leaky as an old condemned hulk. I hope you'll speak to your landlord about it and get him to set it to rights. Such was the sailor's greeting to his sister when they met on the following morning. I shall do no such thing, said Bessie, peevishly. Very little would make Sir Lacey say that my whole cottage is an old tumble-down affair that had better be pulled to pieces at once. He's long wanted to have it down. Lady Barton thinks it's an eyesore. But Sir Lacey has given his word not to pull it down now. The way to make him keep his word is not to be bothering him about repairs. Can't a man with hands, I mean with one hand and a hook, get a wisp of straw and patch up the roof for himself, instead of grumbling and complaining about a drop of water coming through? I was never taught house-building, or house-mending, either, cried the sailor, with a little impatience of manner. Then the sooner you learn to make yourself useful, the better, was Bessie's provoking reply. Ned was strongly tempted to retort. The taunt was so ungrateful as well as unjust. But he bit his lip, and kept in the sharp reply which rose to his tongue. He was glad the next moment that he had done so, when he saw the expression of pain upon Bessie's face as she said, "'Just reach me the kettle, Ned. My foot's in such a state I can't so much as put it to the ground. I had scarcely a wink of sleep all night.' "'I'm heartily sorry for that,' cried the sailor, instantly forgetting his anger and rising for the kettle. "'You must have run something into your foot yesterday when you walked across the floor in your stockings.' "'I do believe that I did,' answered Bessie. "'But I can't see anything in the foot. "'I'm going over to the town this morning. Let me ask the parish doctor to come and look at the hurt.' "'Oh, no, leave me to mind my own business,' exclaimed Bessie, with an intuitive dread of the surgeon's lancet. I'll put a bit of poultice upon it, and let the foot rest, and twill all be right to-morrow. But it is such a worry, she added, with fretful impatience, and just when I've all the ironing to do. Bessie was so peevish and irritable that Ned was glad when breakfast was ended, and he could set off for his walk to the town to dispose of his paper of flags. The rain had ceased, but the roads were very heavy and wet and a chill northeast wind blew in the face of the sailor. Ned had not walked many yards when he came in front of the cottage occupied by Sands and his wife, a much neater and more comfortable abode than that which he himself had just quitted. Before the small garden gate stood Jack Sands, a boy of about nine years of age, the only son of the clerk. Jack was an ungainly child, with pale, fat, puffy cheeks, a good deal freckled, and an impudent expression on his large pouting lips, heightened by the deformity of a projecting lower jaw. Ned did not at first notice young Sands, for his attention was attracted by the unexpected appearance of his little lame squirrel, which suddenly came limping beside him on the road. "'What, Bushy, my hearty, have you slipped the cable and come out for a cruise?' cried Ned at the sight of his little favourite. I must have you back to your moorings, and he was about to approach the pretty truant and carry it back to a place of safety, when a large sharp stone hurled from the hand of Jack 
struck the squirrel with such force that it lay quivering on the road in the agonies of death a coarse laugh broke from the boy at the success of his aim instantly changed to a yell of pain as he staggered back reeling under the effect of a sharp box on the ear from the hand of the indignant sailor take that you little brute exclaimed ned with anger flashing from his eyes at the act of wanton cruelty committed by the boy ned then strode up to the bleeding squirrel and with a touch gentle as a woman's lifted it up from the ground but the sailor saw at the first glance that his little favorite was dying the suffering creature did not shrink from his touch its glazing eyes seemed to turn towards him with the confidence of affection passive it lay for a minute in his hand then stretched out its stiffening limbs and breathed out its life on his bosom ned felt a sharper pang of regret at the cruel fate of his pet than one would expect could be caused to a man by the death of a squirrel the disposition of the young sailor was affectionate and tender and the feeble creature that he had nursed and tended that had shared his meals and sported at his feet that had trusted him and loved him had become to him almost as a child with the dead squirrel still pressed to his rough jacket ned strode silently and gloomily away without casting a second glance at the author of the mischief one of the maimed sailor's few pleasures had been suddenly destroyed his pet had been killed before his eyes a harmless life had been wantonly sacrificed just to furnish a moment's amusement to an idle and thoughtless boy poor little bushy sighed ned cruel was the hand that threw that stone and cut short your innocent life and yet had not that life's enjoyment been cut short before never could you a poor lame creature lightly climb the fir trees again spring from branch to branch free and happy in your freedom you were tied down like a prisoner to a way of life for which you never were intended by nature and is it not so with your poor maimed master never more shall i mount the rigging and look down from the shrouds at the waters sparkling beneath me and feel the fresh delicious sea breeze bearing me over the billows i too was never meant for the dull joyless life which now i lead here the sound of his own deep sigh roused the sailor he felt ashamed of the murmuring discontented spirit which it betrayed had he so soon forgotten the thoughts the resolutions the prayers of the previous night i will bury my poor little squirrel under one of the trees that were once to him as a home said ned to himself as he entered a lane bordered with dark green pines a clear brook flowed near and to its mossy bank the sailor carried his little favorite and gently laid it down intending there to dig a small hole in which to bury the squirrel the ground was so soft from previous rain that ned expected to find very little difficulty in turning up the sod as he had no proper implement for digging he moved the earth with the hook which as the reader knows formed the hand of his wooden arm ned had been thus for some minutes engaged in slowly scooping out a hole when exerting more force than at first he struck his hook against an embedded stone and the wooden arm snapped from the shock the painful jar which the maimed stump received annoyed the sailor less than the inconvenience and expense which the little mishap must occasion ned uttered an exclamation of impatience then taking up the broken instrument hastily finished his work laid little bushy in his grave and covered up the hole with a sod 
Heaving a weary sigh, the sailor rose and quitted the spot. End of chapter 20